Number three, her, the double wide interlude, her perspective. It was nice to be in a space where they weren't tripping over each other at every turn. The apartment they had in Bangor was about 600 square feet, so this newfound freedom of movement was delightful. And two full bathrooms. It was heaven for a bit. And then all the things started to happen, in rapid succession. Like there was no room to breathe in between everything. Literally, they would think, finally we can catch our breath, and the next underage crisis would barrel in. Or one of her customers would knock on the door at 6 a.m. while they were still scrambling around trying to get the morning routine done while still in their undies. Or her car would be blocked in by a customer, causing her to be late to work, which she really doesn't need any extra help with that. The day after the hotel incident, she remembers driving home from Bangor and talking with him on the phone. She felt so guilty that she was certain he would hear it in her voice, that she had committed the ultimate sin against them, a breach of trust, another penis in her vagina. This could never come out. She could never tell him. And all she could think about for a long time to come was telling him that she wasn't worthy, that she wasn't the girl he had built her up to be in his mind, that she was nowhere near as nice, great, perfect, sweet, and kind as he always told her she was, that she had fucked someone else. She needed to purge this, and she couldn't, wouldn't, and didn't. She got rather dark after the hotel incident. They had been talking about adopting a puppy for a bit. In hindsight, it may have been an effort to keep shit together, a band-aid for the things that weren't quite right. They got notice they were approved for adoption in March, and Puppo came home to live with them on March 18, 2018. She had had little conversation with Frank in the time between the hotel incident and Puppo coming home, mostly due to her Catholic guilt. She felt if she didn't talk to Frank, that negated the hotel incident. I know, right? Don't get it wrong. They still bantered back and forth, but much more platonic, along the lines of drive careful, the roads were a mess, or hey, grab me a caramelized coffee and drop it off on your way to work, as they worked basically across the street from each other. But once Puppo came into the picture, her available time to sit or ride with Frank came to a screeching halt. She was still reeling from the aftermath of the Christmas Eve confession from her youngest daughter, and he was at the start of the legal troubles of his oldest son, when in the late spring her niece came to live with them. The niece and his daughter were born 17 days apart, two teenage girls, not just teenagers, but literally same ages in the house, was interesting at times, but the kids all made it work. That fall, she got a job in Belfast and wasn't traveling to Bangor every day anymore just two days a week. This was, in and of itself, a small relief to her. Drive time is think time, and think time can be dangerous for someone like her. She was able to go home at lunch and let Papa out to potty on the days he wasn't home. That winter, they moved out of Rick's place and into their own new home, a couple towns away. The moving process caused a rift between him and Rick. There was a screaming match involved via phone one evening when they had taken the niece and youngest son to Portland for a concert. There was tension between them during the moving process, too. She hadn't picked up and packed up the house because she'd gone paralyzingly dark early that year. That secret, Catholic guilt thing, weighed heavily on her, and she was working six days a week, 10 to 12-hour days. It was December 2018. Merry Christmas, kids. This year you get a house. Woohoo! Christmas brunch with her dad and the kids. And at the time that this blog was written, I had to cut it short there because the realization that I wasn't going to have any more Christmas brunches with my dad was really killing me. So 
that one got cut a little bit short. There will be more on that <laughs> in the future. Um, and as like a postscript, um, I want to add that parental overload was used in the last post. So please don't take that in a negative manner. Our home is and always has been one of semi-coordinated chaos. There is an overabundance of love and the kids see a united front. They see parental figures that love, admire, and respect each other. Even with all of the secrets that were being kept, there was always love, admiration, and respect. And there was never any overload. Um, it's just a phrase that was used. And I felt that I needed to maybe just make that little addendum.